Hello friends, greetings, greetings, you are listening to Honor with William McCarthy live from a very cold New York. This episode is called Impeach Navidad. How we doing? I'm sure everybody saw the news. Our president has been impeached. Of course, we know that this has to get past the Senate, which is majority Republican, but this has stained this man's legacy. Of, as and as well it should. Now I'm walking a funny line here in that I'm not a uh, political fella and if I speak about politics I'm generally speaking out of my ass but I can tell you that while I stay away from politics I do try to keep up on it and hopefully this gives a little bit of um, satisfaction to people who have been living with uh, horror just watching this fellow be the savage narcissist that he is. I was talking to a friend of mine's father. Um, if you guys remember a couple episodes ago when I was in Southeast Asia, I went with Tony Fernandez, a uh, 72-year-old Vietnam veteran. We, we went back to Vietnam with him and went through that experience with him. And he was saying, you know, Donald Trump reminds me a lot of Mussolini. <laughs> I thought that was amazing because he kind of does, like a very orange Mussolini. So when we look at the situation, obviously I don't really love politics, but I can say um, that Nancy Pelosi definitely spoke out about how this isn't really a spike the football moment. In fact, it's actually quite sad. It's a, it's a, a solemn moment uh, for the nation. And, you know, whenever you have to step in and impeach somebody, which has only happened three times in our history, it's a situation. I personally have taken offense to so many things that this guy has said during his tenure. Um, I think mostly his his remarks towards, oh God, a 16-year-old, you know, environmentalist, uh, an activist. Recently, that was terrible, what he said to Greta, um, kind of mocking her and goading her. Uh, I think what he's done to immigrants, illegal immigrants, um, people who are marginalized and stuck in cages. That's been a stain on our nation's history. Cause for, sorry, pause for coffee. Mm. I'm sitting down here and I'm just thinking about it like, wow, this is really happening. Um, it happened to Clinton as well. So it's not going to change the world. And I don't think that we're going to get this guy out of office, but hey man, I don't know. What is the German expression? Is it schadenfreude? When you take joy in someone else's suffering? I, I'm not feeling that. I, I feel like we're watching this person's narcissism and his ego ricochet around in his skull and the people have answered, which is what a democracy is all about. So moving on, let's not waste our breath on that. Um, Again, it's for the past three years, it's felt like a real waste of breath. So um, I just want to say to people who have, in America and also Great Britain who have gone through uh, Boris Johnson stuff that, ah, what do we do when we feel powerless, right? 
and the reason why I haven't always been into, uh, I was just talking to my therapist about this. The reason why I haven't ever really been in politics is I know on a knee jerk level, it just looks like upwardly mobile, wealthy <laughs> white people to me. I know does that sound inappropriate. I know that doesn't, I don't sound like a patriot, but it's just like, wow, like, what do I have in common with you, man? Like, what do I really have in common with Donald Trump Jr.? And Melania and their whole camp. I don't have a lot in common. Um, I don't know. We're moving forward, though. I remember when I got the news that he was elected, I was in Berlin, Germany, and I was in my apartment, and I was like, oh, oh, I just couldn't, couldn't accept it, like many of you. And I sat in my apartment in the middle of the snow. And I just couldn't get out of bed. I just couldn't bring myself to face it. But we're here. We're in it. And we're all in it together, um, whether it's world politics or, or national politics. We're all in it together, and I've had a lot of empathy and pangs of discomfort hearing people talk about Tories and stuff that's going on in Britain, and I'm just sorry. There's just a part of me that just feels really sorry that we have to endure this type of stuff, albeit we are in the, in, in the West and Western civilization first world countries is quote unquote superpowers but it my heart goes out to people who are distressed because i think it causes anxiety a helplessness and that's not nice and what when we look at leaders we want them to empower us and um, believe that we can make change and god i don't know what to say more than that just ugh. tough time stick together I said it before in a post earlier, but just like, I don't know, good time to turn to the arts actually. And that is not a, like a, uh, a shameless plug there, but seriously, I've personally been getting into Gauguin and his um, period in Tahiti. Um, I've been getting into Van Gogh, AKA Van Gogh. Um, I can't pronounce the Dutch way, Van Gogh. I don't know, I, but fascinating. And I, I've really been thinking about this guy like, he really wanted to change the Impressionists and he wanted to change painting and he never really got the satisfaction in his lifetime that he had made that change. And he's one of the most celebrated uh, painters of all time in the history of painting. That's a, a, an amazing distinction. But uh, what an interest. It's so funny. It's like Real Madrid, right? Like I lived in Madrid three times. I love Madrid, Spain, and I love Real Madrid, the football club. And it's a funny thing because it's like the most corporate, <laughs> it's like liking the Yankees or the, you know, whatever. It's so, it would be, it, it's like something that's so right in front of your face. Sometimes it can be kind of confusing. Like, stay with me here. As celebrated as Jimi Hendrix is, I actually think he's underrated as a guitar player because people are so taken with his mythology and the mystique, they forget that they forget about the technical aspect of that guy. So while something's very consonant and mainstream and right down the middle and right in front of our face, it kind of does a number on your head. Bob Marley. Bob Marley is celebrated for like, he's a Rastafarian, one love, all, but people forget that he had to play an A chord and a D chord and a minor chord and he had to be an, uh, an arranger. He had to be a lyricist. He had to simplify things, and he had to speak from a place in the Caribbean um, for for his experience and his pain and suffering. And he's actually quite underrated because he's been sort of surpassed by this other kind of mythology. 
So sometimes when things are right in front of your face, they're actually quite nuanced. And uh, yeah, I just, yeah. <laughs> it's funny when you attach yourself to stuff that's like kind of captured the imagination of pop culture. Uh, but anyways, here we are. Um, so this is a little bit of a, a little bit of a sad time for the States. One thing that I noticed about the United States is really interesting. And I, I feel like it's been exploited this time around is that Americans are obsessed with heroes. Has anyone ever noticed that? It's like, this guy's a hero. This is, he's a national treasure. Um, you know, we love a good comeback story in America. We love, we just love heroicism. And I don't know if that's from John Wayne movies or like from our, our, our role in the first and second world war or how we develop this. But I think this like make America great, like I'm going to save us and people buy into that. And those people are largely duped. And, um, that population has had the wool pull over their eyes and it's kind of weird to watch it. So let's talk about being on a street level. And as I said before, yeah, I was, I was exploring Van, Van Gogh um, and Gauguin and he's kind of like right there in front of your face the whole time type of artists and trying to find like their, how they began, what their struggle was and what inspired them. I just came back from Seattle. Um, last week I flew to Seattle and I worked with a passenger string quartet and played two sets one completely with scored out strings of all my music. And I have to give thanks to Andrew Jocelyn. Andrew Jocelyn is an old friend of mine. He's a violin player, he's a violinist. And Andrew has this beautiful quartet. It was adorable, these guys. They were like, they were like orchestra dudes. You know what I mean? There's a couple of them were female. And a couple of, there was what, four or five. And I know Andrew because Andrew worked at our record label way back when, when we first started out. And Andrew, he did a lot of paperwork for us and um, got a lot of stuff going for us on a management level. And it was amazing to see him. He went from that into playing with Macklemore. I don't know if any remembers Macklemore. Macklemore did amazingly well. I don't know, was it 2015, maybe 14, 15? He was like the biggest thing ever. And Andrew was on all of those tours. And when you're as big as Macklemore, or um, uh, what's the kid's name? Capaldi, um, Louis Capaldi, like or, or Billie Eilish. When people are this big, you play like Taiwan, you play Brazil, you play Argentina, you play Mexico City, you play all these markets that kind of younger bands don't really get to. And, and Andrew was a part of all of that. And I was, it, it gave me such gratification to see the dude like on Instagram. And he's like, you know. He's like selling out Ireland and Macklemore's jumping around and there's Andrew with his, his, his violin. So it was really cool to do this with him. Um, we were, it was a clothing drive for Treehouse, and we were bringing attention and support to them and their cause, which is supporting foster children. And I had a lot to say on stage about it. You know, I, I was a foster kid and I, I made a, I made a, a couple jokes about it and, you know, like all of that stuff, child protective services, social workers, um, welfare, big brothers and big sisters, which in America is an organization, I think that reaches, reaches out to, um, 
disadvantaged youth or children. And I just had these jokes about, you know, going to a gymnasium and there's all these like donated gifts. There's just a big pile and all these like foster kids lined up. And I remember going up and grabbing a present and being so excited about it and then getting out to the parking lot and realizing it was a strawberry shortcake doll. <laughs> they forgot to like notate which gender it should be for. But, um, yeah, it's funny. Uh, it's, it's not funny at all. It's, it's kind of, it, it's, it's brutal being a foster kid because you're kind of, you're always, you've got this, this shabby existence. Your, your budget for getting school clothes is very shabby. Um, you're used to eating kind of macaroni and cheese out of the box, but like the generic kind. And when you get, you know, food stamps, you got to pull them out at the store and it's, you know, it just kind of, it knocks you back a little bit. And, uh, it was really nice to be a part of that. So moving forward, I don't have any shows for January and I, I left this blocked out, um, Dave Fernandez and I, um, we've done quite a bit of work recently and my release to the public for my Eat Bloodline EP is coming in January. I think that will be in mid January and I have no shows going on. So I'm like, what to do? What do I do? Um, I'm not, uh, what is it? Um, the seasonal, af uh, affective disorder, right? I don't know if I t like, if I qualify for having that, um, but I certainly, I, what I've realized is I don't know Celsius, but I can take about down to about 30 degrees. It is today hovering around 20 with about, it's a, with the wind, it's about 15 to the low teens. So we're talking about like 13 degrees, 15 degrees. I can go down to 30, man. Other than that, I'm just staying in my house, which sounds like a pretty good game plan. Um, but what you do is you stay in your house and you know, you grow a beard and you don't leave. And it's, uh, it's pretty brutal just going to the corner store, man. It's cold here. I've had friends tell me I don't dress warm enough. And I'm like, what do you want from me? You want me to be like that kid from Christmas story with the, uh, he's, <laughs> he's like so done up and all his, he's so bundled up. He can't barely walk. Um, so yeah, I struggle with the winter. And we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we talk about how to beat the winter blues. One moment, we'll be right back. We're back. You are listening to Honor William McCarthy. This is Act Two of my Impeach Navidad podcast. So here we are in Europe, both in Europe and in America. We've got politics bearing down on us. We exist largely in social media and echo chamber of algorithms ricocheting around our thoughts and our desires and our wants and our humor. But little do we know, we're kind of quarantined to our own uh, algorithm and our, or our own demographic. And we're sort of beholden to Netflix and Amazon. And whenever we get into a taxi cab or an airplane seat, it is playing a commercial going right into our 
cornea into our brain and there's so much like you know there's so much batting away that's happening like subconsciously constantly i was looking at i'm constantly looking at real estate because my dream my dream is to buy a home right so I, like I, I always go on like trulia or zillow and i was on zillow the other day and i saw yet another funny strand of of capitalism it always says the neighborhood, the price, and the square footage. And I started seeing this square footage, and I'm like, wow, New York City, 13,000 square feet. Well, that's a bargain. And then I start realizing that these people are fudging the numbers. And because their apartment's so small, is, is, is a form of manipulating the customer or the, or the uh, public, putting the wrong square footage is completely... It's erroneous. It's like completely, it's manipulative and it's, it's for somebody's agenda to like bring in customers and not being honest. So I'm just like, wow, that is such an interesting snapshot of what it's like to live in a Western country. Um, you, you just constantly deflecting all this stuff. And where do we go when our minds are like so overwhelmed like this? <clears throat> well, like I said, I got into Gauguin and even even artists um, that have been right in front of me the whole time I'm willing to take a look at. I've had like kind of different romances. I, I got really into Warren Zevon a little bit earlier this year. And there is a fella named Luis Bonfa, B-O-N-F-A. And he is an Argentinian, um, I guess you could say a jazz player. What a, what a great, this guy made great records. Um, it's very much like... Um, it's kind of like Brazilian and it's in the 1950s and he has one of those super trimmed little mustaches where they like take the top off and they made like the pencil mustaches. And I'm just enjoying listening to that guy. So while this world is bearing down on my subconscious, I'm definitely digging into art more. And I, I suggest, you know, that if you're feeling hopeless and seasonal affective disorder or whatever, the holidays are bumming you out, just wrap yourself up in a warm blanket of art. That's what I say. So we've got this time off. January. January! One of the harder months um, in New York. So January, February, March. These are like, this is the dregs. This is the bottom of the drain where the hair collects. This is the, uh This is when you just got to like, s just suck it up. Everything is sucking it up. Or hiding out, which is what I do. But I've got this time off and I'm thinking... Where feels good? And I thought about it. Okay, Europe, no. I've got some frequent flyer miles. Hawaii, eh, kind of expensive. Nah, I just came from Asia. What am I doing? Maybe I should just go shiver. Or maybe I'll go to Scotland and look for some friends and maybe do a quick little pop-up show. And then I thought, you know what? Mexico. When I was in Mexico City, uh, my friend Jaime, um, who I spent a lot of time with there, him and all his friends were constantly talking about Oaxaca. Have you ever had the food? Have you ever had um, Oaxacan food? It's, oh, their recipes are the best. Their sauces are the best. Have you seen the architecture? Oh, the houses are so pretty there. Oh, have you ever, oh, Oaxaca's where you want to go to hear music, man. Oh, the ballads, oh, this. I just started thinking like, wow, this seems <laughs> something like maybe the New Orleans. It's like the New Orleans of Mexico. So I started looking at it. There's a guy in my neighborhood named Jeff. Jeff. 
And uh, I've been speaking with Jeff a lot about it, and he's got a place there. And he's a painter. He's a very accomplished and talented. It's rare when you see, you know, a lot, a lot of your friends are artists, but like when I look at this guy's stuff, I'm like, wow, that dude's good. And he's just got this little twinkle in his eye. And um, on my on my onward site, I did a story called um, God, what was it called? Um. I can't remember what the name of the title was, but it was basically about this guy with a twinkle in his eye that he just had this kind of like wise look in his eye and this twinkle. And he just seemed like he had this joy and his joy is Mexico. And I thought, you know what? Maybe I will. Maybe I'll go down for a couple of weeks. Another thing is when I was playing in Vietnam and Cambodia, I was playing all originals, right? With the odd cover here and there. And I just thought, man, these expats that I was playing for, I'm sure they'd love to hear a couple covers, a couple more than I had. And I was thinking, you know, this might be a good time to work on my new book, to work on some covers for this whole new block, for this new album stuff, and pick up some new album songs. So there's a lot of work I can actually do. So this is all, uh, this is all me trying to maximize my time. And I think Mexico might be a good place for me to do it. Uh, so I, and I wholeheartedly admit I have flyer miles and I live in a Western world and there's a lot of privilege there. So I, I never take that stuff lightly and all I want to do is do right by it. So, but it would be so great to meet some artists, some visual artists. Um, want to just say today, my heart goes out to anyone who's, who's feeling low in the holidays and you know what, man, if it gets bad and you're feeling really shitty, just DM me. I'll write you back. We can talk each other through this. It's a, oh, what a tangled web we weave type of world we live in right now. And I just want to say, keep your chin up. Happy holidays. I'll be checking in on you before Christmas time. And I'm thinking about you. That's it. Um, played in Seattle. Played with the quartet. Did my songs to strings. President got impeached. Foster kid, clothing drive. No shows in January, don't know what to do myself, trying to stay productive, and definitely turning to the arts. I miss you guys. Okay, keep those chins up, chest out, and smile, and love those around you for this holiday season. It's Christmas, baby. Impeach Navidad. Impeach Navidad. All right, see you later, Cheeto man. My favorite... It was a British expression. My favorite term that I heard about Trump in all his, in all his time in office is tangerine wank maggot. Only the Brits could come up with that. You've been listening to Onward with William McCarthy live from Red Hook, Brooklyn. <laughs>